Hello, my name is Hazel Rowe from Eames Consulting and welcome to another episode of Inside the Auditorium. I'm extremely pleased to introduce my guest, Peter Jones, who is Head of Data Analytics Audit for Legal and General, which is one of Europe's largest asset managers offering investment solutions. Peter has a strong data analytics background, working for various organisations within data before moving into audit four years ago. This is a great episode to understand data with internal audit. Please enjoy. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the podcast. I um Obviously, you've got quite a very different career in terms of, I know that you're working within internal audit now for uh, doing data analytics, but perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about your career and your journey of how you got here. Certainly, thank you. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of like the accidental auditor, really. I, uh, I've been doing data work for 15 years or so. I started out in central government doing ID cards under Tony Blair's government, which shows you how old I am. Uh, and since then, I've had a, an odd career path, including women's fashion retail, various other government departments, higher education um, and transport for London. So lots of verticals, but always data. Um, and yes, I've landed myself in a FTSE 30 finance company where I lead the analytics function in internal audit. Can you tell me in terms of working within data analytics, throughout your career was it um is it any different doing data for sort of fashion to financial services you know what was there ever like when you're growing up you want to working with a bank and things like that did you ever have that industry that you particularly wanted to work in no I never had a vocation lots of my friends did and I felt like something was missing deep inside me but no I'm always been bit of a nerd as a child, you know, doing puzzles and problem solving and such. So um, so what is it like doing this sort of thing in internal audit? Well, uh, it's the same across all the verticals, really. Every business has, has challenges uh, and the different sectors are broadly the same. Whether you work in retail or government, people have problems to solve and data and they'd like to put the two things together. I just think the difference is probably speed. When I worked in retail fashion, everything was now, 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 super fast. You make a decision and two days later, it's in a store. Whereas when you work in central government, you think about it and then you think about it a bit more. And then you do a three-month procurement tender and everything's very slow. But but the problems don't change. People want to increase profit, cut cost, take away risk. That's sort of universal. So the skill set applies through all those verticals. Sure. And and tell me, so if we go back now to financial services, um, data analytics, so what is what is the things that allows you to find and to resolve, I suppose, like continuous monitoring or how does that work within an internal audit department? Yeah, so so I've been internal audit for four and a bit years now. And when I started, I knew absolutely nothing. So Started with the basics, started around you know, storytelling with data, visualizations to explain complex findings, that sort of thing. Um, I have done some fairly interesting and good work around where is a traditional audit sampling perfectly sufficient and where should you use full 100% population sampling, which analytics allows you to do. So if you're looking at fraud, you need to look at every single one because just one fraud is bad. Whereas if you're looking for you know, general trends and statistics, then you don't need to do that. So it's been about where to apply analytics and where not to break what isn't broken already about auditing. 
And then, as you've mentioned, continuous evaluation, continuous monitoring, that sort of uh, ongoing look at how controls are performing, that's been our sort of USP over the last year or so, just looking at what are the key controls in the organization. And when we audit them, you think, well, is looking at them every two or three years sufficient, particularly if we found you know, some issue with it and we'd ask them to be remediated we don't want to find out in two years that the fix wasn't great we want to keep looking at it so so building that infrastructure around um the ongoing monitoring of controls has been really different and and a lot of people think well that's second line's job to monitor controls but actually i would argue that audit's job is to go where second line isn't so where audit goes is somewhat determined by the shape of your second line and there are things second line are brilliant at and they do all the time and then there are new and emerging risks like AI, and you think, well, is do people know what to look for, and can audit come in and supply some ins, insight and a new perspective? So, if we can just say, you know, talk from an idiot's guide, then. Sure. <laughs> Considering I, I know about nothing about data analytics, really. Um, so, in terms of who would set the data analytics? So, how do you know what? Um, analytics you should be looking at is that set by the the head of audit to turn around and say right this year we're going to have a look at this so go and use um data analytics and then look at the outcome or does the data from the programming tell you what you should be looking at i mean there's no right answer to that i'll tell you how we try to do it and we'll see where we go so um <laughs> something i introduced to sort of cover up my complete lack of knowledge about audit when i joined was i stole heavily from dunhumby's power of two which is uh what was used behind tesco's club card so you take a data expert i.e me and an audit expert and you put them together and you do questions and answers uh, and and the way it's sort of got better over the years is now we have a good understanding of where the data is in the organization so when we do our annual plan and we get our hundred odd pieces of audit work we say well which of these are uh, yeah. in areas where we have lots of data so if it's about governance or change programs typically the data is not great because they're being run by project managers on spreadsheets and then you have your core processes which are in systems with automatic data capture so analytics will lend itself to the latter and so to some extent it's about putting the pin in the areas where the data is but also what the data expert brings that conversation is what is the art of the possible? What are the data techniques? You know, where could you apply a regression analysis? Where could you apply process mining? Where could you apply machine learning to learn something new or identify an anomaly or, or whatever it is? And it's that you, you, know, you might find someone who's both a data analytics genius and a brilliant internal auditor, but more than likely you'll get a good auditor and a good analyst and you put them together and that's where the magic happens. Okay, so would you um, perhaps you can enlighten me then of if you if you're a um, programmer and you're programming happily in your day, does um, what once you've built the audit program, then does does the role get a bit more monotonous, or or are there more things that that, that can be done? Uh, so there is some repeatability, but we actually see that as a positive thing rather than monotony because you get bang for your buck. So one of the exciting things about working for legal in general, which is a very large FTSE 30 finance company, is it's got lots of business divisions, lots of verticals. And if we create a piece of code, which we've done this year, so we create a very clever piece of code that can read letters that we send to customers. So we can read every letter and pull out the information and check that the amounts we've told them that they're due are the amounts in our database. And we reconcile it and go, great, that process is working really well. But you don't just apply that in one division. You can then apply it to others 
or you can apply it to do different things. So rather than look at the amounts, you might want to look at something else like who the beneficiary is or whether the address is right or whatever. So you can start to apply clever machine learning, sorry, natural language processing techniques to different problem statements across different verticals. So yeah, some reuse of code, but it's usually different problem statements and it requires sure, some sure. tweaking. So it, it, it remains interesting. It would be deathly dull if I did the same thing every day, but I don't think I've had two days the same yet. And then to tell me if you were speaking to a, a data analyst um, that, and try to entice them into internal audit, which you once was. What what do you think is um, what do you think is the the sell to to somebody to come into internal audit from a from a data background? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it took on some persuading to get me into internal audit. It was never the career beacon that sort of called me, you know. But but actually, I'm really thrilled that I joined because uh, what I hadn't appreciated was. Uh, just the sheer breadth of it, you know, because audit has the powers to have any and all data, uh, access to any and all data in order to fulfil its function. You can do a different thing every week uh, and and do a different audit every week for years. So I could be one day I might be looking at health and safety data from one of our building sites, and the next day, financial statements, you know, and balance sheet reconciliations. There's just so much breadth to be in audit because you get to go across the whole organisation. Um, okay. So in terms of just sheer access to data and therefore opportunity, that's been really good. And I think there's a second order effect as well, which is each business and, and the second line there as well are sort of dedicated to what they do, but they haven't really been given the headspace necessarily to to join the dots and, and see what other opportunities and risks there are. So there's a real big opportunity to be insightful and insights valuable to the board. So uh, it's, it's a great way to advance your career, I think. So, and and so you got that more within financial services then then you're uh, so is that just because you're doing data in financial services and not particularly within all debt or um yeah well yeah so there's variety in lots of places lots of variety in retail lots of variety in transport for london but right. all- you know, when I was in Transport for London, for example, I was part of the London Underground part. So I did loads of interesting things about trains, but didn't really look at buses or walking or boats. But when you're in audit, your audit plan covers everything your organisation does. And OK, it's risk based. It's not every single thing. But yeah. genuinely, the opportunity for breadth of data analysis via an audit function is is the broadest remit I've ever had. And therefore, it's the most interesting. Okay, and and also as well being w- within internal audit to your to your previous companies, um, do you, do you find that um, there's other skills that you need that you have? Um, no, hmm, that's a good question. Not necessarily other skills, but but the mix of what you use and how often varies. I would say. So, having come to financial services, because there are millions of customers and million, not millions of products, but there are lots of products and millions of customers. There are many permutations. So certain techniques, things like process mining, where you follow from cust- the whole customer journey through various systems and teams, that has far more applicability in financial services, I would say, than it did in higher education, where you don't have those kind of complex processes that people go through in the same way. Um, so yeah, so it changes the shape of you as an analyst, the, which skills you flex more often change, but I don't think I needed extra skills as such. 
And so then in, in other worlds of data, then are you, is it still sort of very soft in terms of communication skills? Or do you find that that's more needed in the role that you're doing now in terms of speaking to stakeholders or that's always been about data? Uh, yeah, data, data roles. So there are preconceptions about data analysts that they sit in the basement with a wet towel around their head, stop their brain exploding, <laughs> you know, clever, but not necessarily extroverted. Um, actually, data analysis, pure and simple, that is fine. But if you want to be insightful and cause an organization to change, to influence the strategy, to to you know really set a, set a fire under something and make an opportunity, then you have to be able to communicate your findings. So communication skills and data are really important together. Not every data analyst has it, but I think it's really important to have enough in your team. Uh, and in order to augment that, we've had a really big focus on what we call storytelling with data. And that's not just for the analysts. We put every single auditor through that training. Um, and I don't I don't in any way mean to disparage my audit colleagues, but they tend to write like novelists. You know, first we looked at this problem. We did this. We found this. So the, the ta-da moments at the end, whereas I want them to say it first. You know, we found this like a headline in a newspaper. Yeah. And that's just not the way they're trained. But actually, if you want to make a splash with analytics, you want it in your exec summary or near the top of your order report. You know, there's this thing and it needs acting on quickly. Um, it's a bit of a mindset shift for the auditors, but it's always been part of the data mindset is you have to explain your findings. Um, yeah. So yeah, two worlds have collided there, but I think we're getting <laughs> And do you think sort of the, the general business auditor, let's say, I mean, because I know data was very much towards sort of more technology, you know, when it first came out. Do you, do you think um, nowadays business auditors are, are given a lot more buy-in um, to data analytics? Yeah, I mean, they should. They should. I mean, I, I'm a member of the Institute of Internal Auditors data panel so i meet with lots of people about data and you know banking's way ahead on this and insurance and other financial services a little bit behind but there are other sectors where this is, they're still thinking about starting this so my view is data is growing exponentially we know that um and it's going to be harder and harder for auditors to operate in that landscape unless they have some level of data skills and what we've worked really hard on is well what is the sufficient level so we look at a sort of data journey so there's asking the right questions and you know i'm sure my global chief auditor sorry group chief auditor wouldn't mind me saying he's not a hands-on data person but he can ask all the right questions so there's there's that commissioning piece which is really essential and we get our senior auditors to focus on you don't need to know how to do it you need to know that it can be done and ask good questions about risk about you know controls whatever mm-hmm. Then there's a bit on uh, data cleansing, blending, joining, which is very technical and not very sexy, but it's where all the effort goes. And we don't need everyone to be able to do that, but we like our junior auditors to have sufficient skill to join, you know, 60 finance spreadsheets covering the last five years of monthly accrual. So we teach them to do that, but I wouldn't expect them to be doing code in Python. That's that's too much. But I but we have a specialist function for that. And then there's analysis itself, and most auditors are generally analytical people and thinkers. So that's not the hardest thing to teach, um, but there are a range of new analytics techniques to get your head around. And then there's the presentational bit, that communication at the end. So we've done this life cycle and we've tried to attach it to the roles. So what should our junior, you know, how in a score of one to five, where should the junior auditors be on those four things? Where should the senior audit managers, where should the leadership team be, et cetera? We've tried right. to sort of codify it like that and put some structure in. 
doesn't always fit everybody perfectly, but it's a shape to aim for. Sure, sure. So would you say then, you know, would you recommend any business auditor, whichever whichever industry that they're in now is, is really to try and maybe go and get some sort of data analytics qualification or understanding? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that you need a qualification because there are lots of lots of you know online schemes out there who want fifty quid of your hard-earned cash to do two hours of watching their video. They've got some of the qualifications are good and some are not. What I would say is, um, if I think about that data journey, the bit that nearly everyone needs to do is visualize or express the fineness of their data. So I would say, go and get hold. You know, Microsoft Power BI is a data visualization tool, which is largely most corporations get it for a few pence or nothing via Microsoft, along with their Excel and their PowerPoint. Have a play, get used to drawing pictures and do a bit of research about what are the right types of charts for the right type of thing. So a pie chart is never the right answer, of course, but also, you know, there are times when you want lines or bars or scatter plots. And if you if you use the wrong types, you're going to lose your message. So there's a lot to learn about how to express your data. It's a great place to start. If it's for you and you like it, you'll naturally then gravitate to some of the data cleansing you need to get there uh, and that sort of yeah. thing. But I'd say start somewhere. You don't need to do the whole data journey. I don't expect everyone in audit to be Python coders or anything like that. But I think, you know, auditors have been putting charts in audit reports for forever. This is just about the complexity of the data behind them and and how mm. to, you know, sell the insight from your good work. So do you think uh, do you think in in terms of data analytics now and and how that is moving forward do you, um do you, do you think eventually it will it will sort of take take out the human aspect of internal audit Oh never never ever I mean I'm not just saying that because I want a job I genuinely don't <laughs> think that works So I had a you know sat down with our director for audit methodology and we're saying, you know, where can we apply analytics? And if you think about something that is completely binary, like an outcomes test, so were the expenses within the limit, you can absolutely automate that. And you don't need a person to ever do that piece of analysis. You can get a machine or a bit of code or whatever. But audit judgment, which is what audit reports are all about, you, you can't automate that. So there will always be auditors. The shape of the role of you know the auditor of tomorrow, as you might think of it, will certainly have data analytics in their toolkit, even if they can't do it themselves. But we're not getting rid of auditors anytime soon or ever that I can see. Well, as long as it's not for the next 10 years anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, in, in, in sort of what drives your passion for this line of work then? Uh, apart from being a big geek, I um, I think, so I've always liked the problem solving and there's so much, there's just so much complexity in in big organizations. And because not everybody can do analytics, there is a real opportunity just to be insightful. Um, and it's that, I think it's the insight that inspires me. If you can start a new conversation, you know, about here's this problem, maybe no one's got their eyes on it, or or maybe there's a new way of fixing it. That's kind of exciting to me. I like, I like fixing things that are broken. Um, so audit's a great place to be because you find lots the things that maybe need a tweak. Uh, so yeah, that's what is. I'm very excited about that. I'm. I do get a, a buzz out of getting my audit colleagues to have that penny drop moment when they realise that they too can make use of all this stuff. And it's genuinely pleasing when I see people I don't expect suddenly going, oh, "I've done a course in such and such because I find that so useful." And I think it's part of my you know career journey. So that's pleasing as well. But but deep down, I'm 
problem solvers. Sure, so, sure. So, so do you think really data analytics is getting a lot more buying now? Um, you know, and people are because people are understanding it a lot more, and they know how to use it and integrate it into their sort of daily life. Yeah, in lots of ways, I really do. Um, you know, it's now part and parcel. We don't do audit planning without it. You know, that it's data drives where the risks are and what we look at. Data drives how we do the audits. Data drives how we express the findings. It's part of the whole audit life cycle, but also at an organisational yeah. level, when audit come in and give an opinion, that's important. If they've got a very well evidenced opinion with a stack of evidence behind it, that's really impactful. And so what data analytics does is, which is the systemic use of data. That's what analytics is. It's really saying this is uncontestable. This is this is the problem. This is the issue. And yeah. so the board listen. And in fact, they I would say right from the top now, the real hunger for more insight and analytics. They want more and more of this stuff because it takes risk out of the business uh, in a really powerful way. And would you say then the data analytics also, um, what's the word? I, I don't want to say catch people out, but, you know, because you can get to the end of the findings, you can actually see um, which work hasn't been done. And Well, yeah, I mean, it has that potential, but I think audit always had that potential anyway, long before analytics. I think it's how you use it. So if I think about um Think about, I'll give process mining as an example. When you go for your walkthrough with the business, they'll say, this is the process, which is how they hope and plan for it to work. And then you run the data and you run every single customer who's gone through that process for the last 12 months. And you say, yeah, do you know what? 94% of the time you were spot on, but sometimes these other things are happening. Then you can actually have a really constructive conversation about why is it deliberate? And if so, is it documented? Is it accidental? Do you need to stop it? It can be really... It doesn't have to be a, a gotcha where you uh, make someone look bad. It can be very, you know, powerful. You know, it can be a really positive experience. But there have absolutely been gotcha moments because uh, sometimes you just find something a bit horrendous under the uh, under the bonnet, sure. and you need to shine a light on it. And and can I ask, in terms of like cultures becoming a very big thing at the moment, and I, I don't know whether on a data analytics point of view, whether you're getting involved in that at all, or or ECG climate, or yeah, I mean, yeah, culture's massive. Um, when we do our root cause analysis around issues, culture and human error are right up there as you know common themes. I mean, lots of things you can do around culture. Some easy things we did right from the start is with every audit we um do what we call a risk and control culture questionnaire where the auditor makes an assessment of the area that's been audited and you can sum all of that data up you know collect it from all the audits and start to get a sort of patchwork quilt view of well, where are the where are their cultural issues in the organization when we overlaid two years worth of opinion on that topic and that's that's quite mm. useful um but also you know there's a whole science around this there are companies out there um that will take your data on risks and risk events and issues and attestations and plow it all into an engine and, and produce your scores. And I know, you know, some of the big banks have done this sort of thing. We sort of kick the tires on and are thinking about doing it. So data can help you with culture, but it is limited. I mean, really, that's where one of the areas where I think the auditor opinion is really important because you can't really capture really high quality on uh, culture, data, high quality data on culture. And even if you do, there's a risk of misinterpreting it you know are the people not very productive because they're not well trained or they hate their manager or they're not very well or something else you, you can't yeah, yeah. you might infer the wrong thing and that's why 
culture is one of the harder areas to use analytics on. Sure, sure. And, and um, you know, being in, in data analytics for internal audit, I mean, do you, what do you think um, from being internal audit, maybe moving internally into another role, um, do, do you find that that's quite easy, good transferable skills or? Oh, yeah, massively. I mean, we uh, we run a fairly flat audit structure here. So not we have not that many grades. So a lot of people, you know, and it's pyramid shapes, there's not that many roles at the top. So a lot of people take their analytic skills and they use that to uh, get roles in second line, first line, whatever. I mean, we're really fortunate. I'm not fortunate. Maybe it's planned, but we're in a good place in that mm. GI. So internal audit here is regarded as sort of one of the centers of excellence for analytics. And people do want our people because they are skilled and good and can apply those skills elsewhere. So, yeah, it's a real uh, launch pad for people. And we have people applying. So I want to come here. You know, we have people join our audit function from other areas. So I want to come to this audit function because I want the data analytics on my CV. I want to learn those things. So yeah. it's a bit it's a bit um, build it and they will come. You know, it, it becomes a virtuous cycle. And and is there anything when you're interviewing then data analyst uh, data analyst to come and work within the audit uh, the internal audit team? Is there a common error when when is there a common error that when when interviewing a, a must not do as a data analyst? <laughs> I'm not sure we've got quite that far. I mean, what we what we did do was we introduced uh, minimum standards for analytics for our junior audit posts a few years back. We said this is the new normal. We'll train our own, but if you're going to join, you need to have some of this already. And that's a bar that sort of creeps up over the years. Um, I don't know. The thing that probably worries me the most is when people say, oh, I do, I use Excel for everything. I mean, Excel is very powerful and good, but it's it struggles in the modern environment, just can't handle the volumes of data that are out there. So uh, I think, yeah, if you're one of those Excel fans, I think maybe you're on old tech and you might want to look at diversifying. That's always a warning sign for me during interviews, but um, but I'm not going to push any other one in particular. Um, but yeah, I think even so, you know, you can do some wonderful things in Excel. I'm not against, you know, sorry, Microsoft, I'm not against your product. Uh, it's <laughs> it's one where it's just a matter of it, it doesn't say to me as the interviewer, you're up to date. Whereas yeah, know, there's so much better stuff out there. Okay, and so on that note, then any valuable advice or lessons that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, uh, yeah. So I would say, so point one is, uh, don't forget data. Actually, it's about insight. So data is a means to get insight. So be a good storyteller first and foremost. There's no point in me boring you to tears about why my you know, stochastic model is excellent. Nobody cares. What you want to know is that, you know, I found this thing and it needs acting on. So focus story first, always, you know, if you're going to do a course, do writing for the web, don't do something in Excel. You learn to be a really good communicator. Um, and the other piece of advice is um, think really hard about where you're going to apply this. So there are, it's very easy to go down a rabbit hole and spend a month doing a very complicated task but if it's not top of your risk register and if it's not actually giving you that much more value than a sample of 50 would have done then don't do it so so once you've got the skills then start to be choosy about where you apply them okay great stuff um okay well um i've got a quick um quick quick five minute well five question round to um ask you 
Exciting. Um, <laughs> well, we <laughs> well, we are an internal audit. <laughs> um, tell me, um, what's one piece of technology you can't live without? Uh, oh, well, sounds like I'm on commission. So Alteryx or something similar, uh, but could be could be Python. What I would say is middleware. It's the ability to join lots of data from lots of places and conform it allows you to then perform fairly basic analysis on complex things. So get a really good bit of middleware. Once you've mastered the basics of visualization, a really good bit of middleware really helps. Yeah. And tell me, is there a book that you're reading right now? Uh, not relating to data or auditing, no. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I actually got there? birth. I got a birthday present. Uh, it's called Mr. B's Book Club, and you fill in a questionnaire, and they send you a different book every month. Um, so I've got six books by six novelists I've never heard of, and the current one is uh, some sort of sci-fi nonsense, but it's quite enjoyable. You know, having. I a nice thought you were going to tell me you were going to be reading the new Britney Spears. There, no, that, no, oh, that finished that already. Our, yeah. our listeners. <laughs> You know, is there a company out there that that you do admire a lot for any particular reason? Um, I think the ones who are doing this stuff at real speed blow my mind. So I know a guy who runs data warehousing at Gatwick and they're doing all the clever things that we do, except they're doing it every few seconds. And, you know, there are planes in the air and luggage moving around conveyor belts and they need to know where everything is all the time. So when you can, and, you know, TFL was very similar, but not quite as fast as that. So I'd say the companies that are living it in real time like that, they, uh, I, you know, hats off to them. That's clever stuff. Sure, sure. And what's the best thing about working um, doing data analytics in internal audit? Uh, I would say there's a real sense of being appreciated. It's really, you know, it was definitely a bit of a punt to start with when they set this roll up. You know, is this going to work for us? Let's try it and see. But it's now integral. And I feel, you know, if you do a role like this, you will feel valued. You feel you're contributing to what gets found and how it's acted on. So it is, you know, it's, it is a rewarding job. It's good. And tell me, if you wasn't going to be a day in data or internal audits, I have to put the two together. What job do you think that you would be doing? Oh, that's hard. Um, well, I could either find something else with uh, with problem solving, something sciencey would be fun, or I could go to my other passion and just become like a baker and make nice bread all day. Either Ooh. of those things would be very exciting. <laughs> all right. Well, that's great. Well, look, thank you very much for your time today. It has really been interesting to speak to you. Um, thank you for having thank me. Thank you.